if you apply yourself in the classroom, listen to your instructors, study 20 minutes a day, and then go over it with your roommates, it's really not that challenging. But if you don't study and uh, kind of just try to slide by, I think you're going to struggle. stories from linemen, aspiring linemen, and others who work in the industry. Now here are your hosts, David Powell and PJ Nardi. Welcome to the Lyman Country Podcast. I am David Powell. I am PJ Nardi. We are here with Jillian Johnson, current student in the Electrical Line Worker Program. We have been on hiatus for a few weeks here. The ladies did amazing. They did? Shannon Love. They, um, um, they may have replaced us, actually. They did such a good job. I don't know. We'll leave that out to the the uh, listening audience. They can be the judge. So, Jillian, welcome to the Lima Country Podcast. Thank you for having me. How about giving our audience uh, a little background? Who Who is Jillian? Uh, I'm 18 years old. I'm from Geneseo, Illinois, and uh, uh, I've learned a lot in the 15 weeks. Well, 11 weeks I've been here so far. So I'm I'm happy I came. Where is Geneseo, Illinois, in reference to what we all know in Illinois, Chicago? Um, I'm like two hours south of Chicago uh, on the Iowa-Illinois uh, border, right on the Mississippi River, 30 minutes away. So, All right. Flat country there? Yes, flat oh. country. So how do you like um, Trenton, Georgia? It's a lot and- It's a lot like Geneseo, like really small. Everybody knows each other, it seems like, but... Uh, being up here in the mountains was different at first. Uh, I really liked it. Uh, I went and did some hiking and explored. Uh, but yeah, it's cool to be down here and see the mountains. I think that's something I always wanted to do, and I like seeing them. Awesome. So have, have we won you over? Are you going to stay down here, or are you going to go back home? I'm going back home for yeah. sure. <laughs> are you Ameren bound, or who, who are you looking to go to work for? Uh, yeah, I did apply for a job at Ameren already, and uh, I've applied for Mid-America. I don't know if you know any of them but Mm -hmm. that's a big company back home and yeah i'm starting to look around and apply for a lot of jobs already that's awesome you're going to have your pick i mean hard work and determination and it it always pays off so jillian how did you end up at sltc like give a little history a little story growing up in illinois like what made you decide to to go into line work so when i was 16 i went to work for my grandpa he owned his own electrical business and uh, i worked there for two years and started to get to know a lot of our local linemen the town i live in we have our own utility company so i got really close with those guys and uh, i don't know my parents were like at 16 they're like what do you think you want to do the rest of your life and i was like i know college isn't for me i just know that right off the bat i want to do a trade and line lineman just kind of found me. I don't know. Everybody asked me that, and I'm like, it just kind of came to me. So uh, I started looking online at lineman school, and uh, I went to national convention for FFA, and uh, SLTC was there, and I spoke with Rob, uh, Robin, and that was right then and there. I knew uh, once I got back, I went home and applied and found out I was accepted, and that's it. PJ, did you know that? 
I didn't know that. Yeah, and, that, <laughs> and it's either. crazy because FFA is such a huge, um, you know, conference. And they said that they talked to like two, three hundred people a day over there, and that's awesome that you followed up. Yeah, it was great. I mean, FFA has been a big thing in my life, and uh, I'm forever grateful for that experience in high school. But going to national convention and like speaking to SLTC representative was really that what I needed to like come here and get committed. Was there anybody else at, at uh, the FFA that you knew that came here? Uh, actually, there's a kid from my hometown, Logan. He's here with me, and uh, he was an FFA. So we kind of did it together. So he's in my PC, so that was cool, too, wow. to have him in my PC. Yeah. That's who's, awesome. Who's got a better um, cross-arm time, hurt man time? Uh, I don't know about hurt man time, but I think I do have him by cross-arm time. So. Awesome. Not that anyone's counting. No. So your grandfather's had this business up there for quite some time, you said? Yeah, it was and like, uh, I think it's been 47 years. That's amazing. Mm. So had you worked with him a little bit on the on the sides as well? Yeah, um, I was really lucky. I got to work with him just about every day. And uh, it was just the connection we got to have over the time and get to not like know each other more, but we got really close. And then... Uh, he just right before I left, they closed the business because uh, his health went downhill and they they didn't like sell out to a big company that that just wasn't for them. So they just closed it and it, he still goes out to his shop every day and fiddles around. So it was just what he needed to do. And they wanted to spend more time in their house in Wisconsin. So whatever they wanted to do, we all supported him on it. No, that's awesome. You're carrying the torch now. <laughs> So how old is your grandpa? Uh, 73, I think. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's, that's, that's awesome. So what's been your experience so far? 11 weeks, been in SLTC. Um, Who's your instructor? Yeah. Uh, David White. David, David White. Yeah. yeah. I like David. He's a great guy. Uh, from the day one in the pole circle, he's just always, he's always had this like, I don't know. He's always been, he's always happy. You never ever see David mad or like anything. He might get, he, he'll get hard. He's, he's great. He's probably one of the best instructors uh, I think you could have. You know, that's what's, what's co so cool about here is like every, every PC thinks they have the best instructor, which, which is great because they all are great instructors, but just the, the reality that like the, the, no matter who you get put in, like that's who you jail with. That's the person that you learn from. So it's always great to hear when, when we have students that like, they absolutely like, no, my guy's best. My guy's the best. So, um, what's y'all's, what's y'all's brand? Uh, I don't know. We don't really have a brand. Uh, we kind of just, I don't know, like in the pole circle, David was always trying to like push us. And like, when we'd make it to the top, he'd be like PC six, let me hear you growl. And we just, we just all kind of looked at each other in the pole circle. Like, what does that mean? <laughs> yeah, well, it's funny because instructors kind of develop their own little things that they do. Yeah. And then it becomes like every class. It's like, that's this, this, it's like uh, with Cody, you know, you, you know, Cody used to be an instructor. You know, you know, Cody, yeah. right? He created the gauntlet. So I don't know what y'all call y'all's vacation or gauntlet or what do y'all, what do y'all call y'all's round the world? Do y'all have a name for, for circling the pole circle? Just vacation. Yeah, that yeah. was it. Yeah. So it's just it's interesting how each instructor kind of comes up with their own thing and um, and they just kind of continue to incorporate that at each class that they have. So what do you what do you think the biggest challenge has been thus far? 
I know the first five weeks were tough. I knew they were going to be hard, but it wasn't anything that I expected. Uh, for me, it was mostly just keeping the right mindset. You know, why are, why are you here? You know why you're here, but, you know, you got to push yourself even further to make it to those 15 weeks. But once we got out of the pole circle and actually got in the field, it's been great, you know, learning more, uh, being with the guys, you know, like just breaking off into smaller groups, getting to know each other a little better than we knew each other in the pole circle. So everyone says it's, you know, it's obviously a ton of conditioning the first five weeks. Most people are are un prepared for what they're about to face and it's hard to relate that to somebody that's like oh, i'm just going up and down the pole a couple of times what is that really about did you play any sports in high school or did you have any activities that kind of conditioned you for what you, what um, you had to face i played soccer in high school for a couple of years but then i i quit my last two years it just it it wasn't for me and uh, i got more more involved in the ffa but when covid hit i became like big into the gym you know that was like something that was for me and they kind of just found me and before I left uh, I was running every day I got to run like four and a half miles and just push myself even farther so I would I thought I was prepared for it but it's a different kind of preparation you know the climbing up and down so I would say running and being in the gym really helped me a lot but it still felt like I was not for it. Yeah, they're muscles that, well, even if they, they're muscles that you use every day, you use them in a different way, right? I mean, climbing and descending and so forth is, um, I mean, I don't know what, what you could do, climb stairs all day, hike up hills. It's it's hard to, what, what advice would you give somebody if they were going to, uh, you obviously you said running and, 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 um, and being in the gym. But you definitely got to come here, you know, in some sort of good physical shape. I think if if you haven't, if you haven't like actually tried to get in good physical shape, you're going to really struggle. Even guys in my PC said that they're like, you know, I didn't think it was going to be this physical. And by the end of the pole circle, they were in good shape. But if you're not in shape, you're really going to struggle for the first five weeks, I think. For those of you listening, you can't uh, obviously can't see, but uh, Jillian's wearing a Sitka little hoodie here. So I'm curious uh, for, for us, for the hunters out there, understand the end of the brand Sitka. But like you came here, um, I know you're a hunter, right? Um, you, do you use uh, climbers? Do you climb? I mean, I mean, you hunt a lot in, in deer stands and stuff like that. I mean, do you use climbers? So how different is it climbing a pole versus using a climbing stand? Uh, it's a lot different. You know, when you climb a tree stand, you're, you have a harness and all that, and you know you're safe, but it's just like climbing a ladder. It's very different. But we get on the pole and you know the instructor are telling about your buck squeeze and how you just got to trust your equipment it's hard to trust your equipment in the first three weeks you know you really you're like they're telling you this buck squeeze if you fall is going to catch you but you don't trust it and uh once uh you trust it and you believe in your equipment it's a lot easier so from climbing a deer stand you know i started climbing a deer stand when i was eight and then uh when i started climbing a pole it, like the I wasn't scared of heights but you got to respect heights mm. to a certain level so uh it was different for me at first but I would think like being able to climb and like knowing what heights were I think helped me a lot I think most people get have a misconception right they get in a deer stand and you're covered by leaves and trees and you're kind of you're you're in it all but when you get above tree line and you're just standing on that bare pole there's a new respect for heights yeah it's a lot it's a lot different when you're just standing on a bare pole and just looking around at everybody and you know like you said you have the limbs and stuff that kind of keep you 
I don't know, not comfort, but give you a different level of reference. Right? Yeah, it's just weird being on a bear hole, a bear pole with two hooks. It's just a different feeling. So, how do you feel about it now? Like, does it? Are you? You, you obviously have a comfort with your gear. So, is it just a normal day? Yeah, you just walk out there, and it's like just natural to just walk up to the pole and you know climb up forty-five feet and start working. It just it's, it feels like you've done it forever now at this point. So, yeah. and, and you're thinking about the task you're doing and not just about climbing, which is what the first five weeks are about, just climbing, right? Yeah. yeah. Climbing is hard enough, but once you get up there and you actually start, again, building those arms, you know, you don't really think about your feet. I mean, that's when you know you're confident, when you're, you're really not thinking about your feet. You know you're not going anywhere. Your mind's focused on other things. That certainly starts to help a lot of, a lot of our students get over kind of that mental challenge of, you know, being on a pole. So I want to keep talking about hunting because I haven't had a chance to really ask you. So, um, whitetail duck hunting, like what do you, what do you enjoy? Uh, I, I love whitetail, uh, turkey, duck and pheasant. That's everything. Pretty much. That's pretty much what we do back in the Midwest. But, uh, duck hunting is uh, very special. It's a, I don't know if you've never duck hunted, it's just, it's something about it. I was blessed to go to North Dakota last year with my dad, and uh, we uh, we hunted for three days, and it was probably the, the best three days of my life. Uh, we killed like 27 ducks, and they were just in your face all the time. If you've never been to North Dakota, it's the best place to duck hunt ever. I've never been to North Dakota duck hunt, but you've, you've convinced me. Um, yeah. I got some buddies. It got me into it about six years ago. So I, was a, I grew up deer hunting, and that was my thing, whitetail. And I had some buddies that had an open spot to go out in Kansas. And so they're like, hey, you know, come, come duck hunt with us. I'm like, I don't even know anything about duck hunting. I'm still very green, um, but it is, it's like way more fun than deer hunting, in my opinion, just being in a duck blind. And so um, as you talk about your dad, I've, I started bringing my son along on the trips with us. He's the only young man that's in the group, but it's like a tradition now it's like all the guys look forward for the preston coming out there and, and hunting with us but there is something very special very unique about being in a duck blind watching a, watching a watching the ducks come in but also watching a dog good dog work man duck hunting in, intrigues me because i hear everything from you laying in like ice and some branches and then i hear about people that are sitting in these blinds and recliners with heaters and mini fridges and stuff like that so well, yeah, there's <laughs> there are some there are some blinds that you know i mean you get breakfast cooked i don't we don't i don't I haven't been anywhere like that but um you know what the right gear it's a plug for sitka gear but the right gear and the right equipment you're all good to go so you can be standing in ice cold water and and man i'm telling you something when you when the birds start flying like you, your body heat you know you just warm up so any trips this fall planned uh, no, uh, I'm kind of kind of bummed out, missed out on the Illinois bow season. But when I go home for Thanksgiving here, I'm gonna try to do a little hunting. But uh, me and my dad, he says we're gonna go pheasant hunting in Kansas. We've got two dogs, and uh, we got an 11, no, a 12 year old black lab, and I've got a three year old yellow lab, and they love to hunt. Uh, they're bird dogs. Just something special about watching a dog work, and you know, seeing them be happy. It just me and my dog, we got a bond that I don't know. It's hard to explain, but just when me and him go out in the field and flush up like three birds for a day, and we could miss them all, I still be happy. So yeah. 
I still got to get PJ out in the duck blind. Um, yeah, I told him it's yeah got to do it. My waders are for fly fishing. They're not for duck hunting. I think I need a different waiter for that. Anything else? Any other um, interest other than hunting that you enjoy? Uh, no, hunting's about it. I mean, we go fishing and like uh, my parents have uh, spoiled me. We uh, we travel. We do. We go out of the country a lot. I've been to Punakana, Cancun, Cozumel, Cabo. So in Canada, I just went to Canada with my dad for uh, a musky trip. So I do a lot of traveling. That's awesome. Did, have you, so have you gotten in the water? Have you surfed at all in, in Mexico? Mm, we did jet skis once and that was it. Okay. So um, when you, you signed up to come to SLTC, did you know that there were any other um, females in the class? Uh, no, I had no clue. Yeah. So how has that been? Because I think there's four other young ladies that are in the class. Yeah, it's been good, you know, being able to, like, at the end of the day, talk to someone that is a female and, like, you can relate. Like, I know me and Courtney from PC5, we do, we talk, like, every day about, in the first three weeks, it was about, like, just transferring or putting up a cross arm. So having someone to, like, you know, relate your struggles or, you know, talk about different ways to do things is really helpful, I think. Yeah, we're starting to see girls, women come into the, into the trade. And it comes in waves. It's like we'll have a you know a class with one, and then suddenly we've got you know five ladies in a class, and it's just awesome to to look out there and know. It's kind of an unspoken thing. I will tell you, among the guys, they're just like, oh gosh, I, I can't quit now. She's pushing me, just knowing that she's you know in my pole circle with me, and knowing that um, how much effort everybody's putting out out there. And um, it, it's I think it's awesome. I just don't. The one thing that I, I I don't understand is why more ladies aren't aware of you know the the industry. It's great to have you guys go out there and 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 promote it because the, not only do we need people, we need everybody to come to work in the in the trades. So you talked about grandpa. You talked about your dad. Tell me, what's the rest of your family like? Do you have brothers, sisters? Like, what's all going on in your world? Uh, I got an older sister. She's uh, 20. And uh, just me and her, we got really close, you know, from being together all the time. And she's, uh, she's be her being older than me, I've always looked up to her my whole life. And we've been, we've been doing everything together. So like, when I left, it was really weird, you know, I was, we were leaving one morning, and it was just like, who am I going to talk to? And we we call on the phone and stuff like that, but it's just not the same. So uh, going home, when I, I went home a couple of times already and like seeing her, it was good. Felt like a rejuvenate. And uh, yeah, we've traveled. We do everything together. She's like, she's that best friend of mine. So yeah. So what is she doing right now? What is she? She's a teacher. Okay. Yeah. She, uh, she, she went to a community college, didn't know what to do. And uh, kind of just teacher found her and, she loves it. Uh, I call her every day and she's like, yeah, you know, I've been working with my students. We've been doing this and this and this. And she actually works where we went to school. So like she's still young enough that her teachers she had are still there. And they're like, oh my goodness, you were a student of mine. And now you're, now you're a teacher. That's crazy. So it's cool for her to go back and see her teachers, but now be one. Yeah. That's, it's interesting how like, like Dade County, it's, you know, a small community as well. And you see a lot of that as well. You know, a lot of students go out, they get a degree, and um, might come back into the community like, this is home, this is where they want to be, and um, yeah, they're teaching in the same, you know, classrooms or same building that, that the teachers that, that taught them. Does she have the same love for the outdoors that you do? 
we are polar opposite <laughs> i mean she my dad since i wasn't home he took her with and i i said how was that he's like she could never do it again it was awful uh but you know she's like she's more of a beach type of person she likes to go shopping and stuff like that but she tried it so i mean i give her credit for it yeah that's funny you know i, I so i have um two boys um and i mentioned preston who loves the outdoors and then i have hudson and he really couldn't care less i gotta drag him into the woods you know and uh yeah he he wants his more sports he's more sports oriented he wants to go watch the cowboys play and stuff like that but you know the woods not so much interest him so i get it it's like you grow up in the same house but completely two different people it's crazy how that works yeah i've my, my boys are are similar they both love the outdoors um you know one loves team sports one loves individual sports and they do it's kind of it's reflective in their personalities even too um so is she more outgoing than you because she's you know is able to stand in front of a class and teach or what would you say uh, i don't know about that but like she's i don't know how she's a teacher because she's a really shy person like if she doesn't know you she will barely speak to you and like stepping out of her comfort comfort zone is something she doesn't like to do but you know, I think t being a teacher has kind of pushed her and challenged her to become more like outgoing and stuff like that. But yeah, when I say polar opposites, I mean, we are extremely polar opposite. So college wasn't the path for you, but there's still a lot of book work um, here at school and, and going into your apprenticeship. How's that been for you? Um, it's been good. I was, I've been like, through my high school career, I was always the kid that, you know, never ever had a study. So coming down here, I knew I'd have to study. And uh, if you apply yourself in the classroom, listen to your instructors, study 20 minutes a day, and then go over it with your roommates, it's really not that challenging. Uh, but if you don't study and uh, slide by, I think you're gonna struggle. So what's the, the, what's the most challenging course that you've taken so far here? Um, the CDL count sure yeah it'd be definitely be cdl uh i came down here couldn't get my permit because i wasn't 21 but so i had to start from scratch and get my permit and uh for me i knew i'm that person that wants to pass everything first try i don't ever want to have to take it again so i would study all the time if it like at the end of the night i would do what we're learning in class and then i would study cdl and my roommates they came up to me like why do you study so much and i'm like because I want to get it over with in the first try. So I, I passed permit on the first try and then got scheduled for to go down to the CDL pad. And uh, I my first two days were Monday and Tuesday, and then my test was next Monday. And I studied every night, went to the CDL pad every night, did pre-trip every night, practiced driving, and was able to get my CDL on the first pass. So Boom. Now that is a blueprint right there. That is a blueprint. Anybody listening that's looking to come to SLTC, follow that. Jillian's just laid out the secret, which is putting in the work, you know, one less thing you got to worry about. And I can, I, like that, sometimes that becomes the thing that bothers or is the biggest concern for, for students, because it's like, number one, you got to have a CDL to do this line of work. But number two, it's like, Hey, I've already take, you know, taken the test twice, or I've got to stay after graduation to get it. Mm. That was one thing for me. It was like, do not want to stay after graduation to come back here and get retested. But also living in Illinois, it was a challenge because they have a rule where you have to have it transferred by December 1st. So I was hoping that 
I got my hard copy in the mail, so when I go home here in a couple weeks, I can transfer it and get it, so I don't have to retake it. Because if I had to, if I didn't get it transferred in time, I have to start all over from permit again. So having that in the back of my mind also pushed me to, you know, pass it the first time. So last week was team building, kind of an experience for everybody, and it's one of the highlights of the the whole program. How did you guys have a good time with it? Oh yeah, we had, we were we were down a couple guys, but uh, yeah, we had a good time. We did the the cross arm walk. Was that was our strong suit? We we were able to really knock that one out of the park. But yeah, it was just a good time. Everyone had a good time. A lot, a lot of laughs, a lot of jokes. But I definitely like team building. Yeah, it's one of the. I mean, that's that's a lot of fun for everybody. I think that's one of the areas. It's just something that like evolved over time. Like we haven't always had team building. It just we started incorporating it, and then just realized you know it's just a great day. We got to have this. Like everybody loves you know um us having that every single class like they really look forward to it it's it's a celebration for yeah, you know finishing up the pole circle in, in those five weeks of, of crossing that threshold of like you know over halfway yes you know so you've really made it at that point if you've done the pole circle would you agree like if you've done if you've done the first eight weeks there's really no reason why you shouldn't finish. Yeah, that, that's kind of like that. When I looked at the schedule we were given on the first day, I was like, okay, pull circle, pull circle, a couple weeks in the field, you know, got to have your permit by this day. I was like, I feel like if if I can make it to this point, I feel like I'm not like going to be worrying about getting still being have to sent home or something like that. So, yeah, I would agree with you on that. So what's the, I know there's been some, like, there's some mental challenges, obviously, in line work. Um, number one, I'd ask you, like, what have been the biggest, I guess, mental hurdles? But also, what has, like, how did you, how did you learn, you're 18, you, how did you learn to do what you're, like, to build the mindset that you have? Like, obviously, you looked over the syllabus and you're like, okay, if I can do this, 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 I know I can accomplish. Like, where did you, where did you learn that? I would say my parents every I, I wouldn't say they were strict they were strict they always they, they always pushed me to you know be that not that better person but be that person that strives to always want to always want to get things done and accomplished and feel good at the end of the day so I I would say for them like pushing me from like the day I was little you know and watching them as I grew up because they were big on my life you know I watched them my dad was a cop for 20 years and then he worked two jobs to, you know, and so did my mom and like watch them, you know, build a really good lifestyle. So I watched them put in the work and put in the time. So I think I learned that from them, but yeah, I don't know. I've always been that person. That's like, you got to get things done. You got to feel accomplished. And like, I don't know if I sign up for something, I want to do it and like feel good about it and not just be like, Oh, I slim, I kind of, slid my way through the program i want to feel accomplished by the end of the day so yeah has has there been um like you, you had the planning and the structure set up for for the course in your mind has there been any surprises any things that that um just a big surprise that you didn't expect um i would say honestly like the i knew cdl was going to be hard to get but like the stress of like the instructors pushing it like everything if if you had cdl it was like the most important thing like get get your cdl because if you don't have your cdl you know you like you said earlier you can't do the program so i would say that was probably one of the most stressful things i went through like the whole the whole time i've been here so far 
Yeah, we, we, we hear it often, but we don't always hear the story of, of preparation like, like you had for it and, and making it a priority. Um, there's always something going on every night after school, so it's easy to get caught up in that and not be focused on, on the studying. So great job on, on staying focused with that. So what's some, what's some advice you would give an individual, let's just say um, another young lady like yourself that's considering line school? Um, if you're thinking about it, I would definitely do it. You know, when I first decided this was what I was going to do and people are like, what are you going to do after high school? Oh, I'm going to go to line school. They're like, oh, really? I don't think you should. I heard a lot of that. Like, don't do that. That's a man's trade. You'll never make it. You know, what's your next plan in life? I kind of just took that and like made it good, good and like pushed me to actually come down here and do it. So if you're thinking about it, uh, I definitely do it. And, uh, you'll I haven't regretted a single second of it so that's awesome what about like if uh what was what if you could go back and give yourself advice what would what would what would that advice be don't ever listen to what other people have to I mean listen to what other people have to say but don't let it like dictate you because you know I did I started hearing that you shouldn't do that that's not you're never going to make it and stuff like that and uh, I started to like second guess myself you know what if I actually do get down there and I don't I don't make it in the first couple of weeks so then what am I going to do I don't want to be that kid you know that doesn't know what they're doing they're just struggling so I mean take what people have to say and use it to your your power that's always what my dad told me take take advice bad criticism and use it against against it in the other way and you know better yourself by it well i can tell you we just met um but your mentality is going to take you very far like vj said like you you have you have them you have the mentality to be successful no matter what you do just know that like in just a few minutes we talk to a lot of people meet a lot of people know a lot of people i'm 45 years old so i've got some history behind me you've got the right mindset so you're going to be successful no matter what you choose to do just Thank know you. that. Thank you. Yeah, you, you're 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 a grounded individual, and that's awesome. I mean, you, your parents did a great job, and you did a great job, you know, listening to them. We, you know, I always say that you you learn, you can learn more, you know, by watching than you can by you know anything else. And and you've obviously caught on. I, we we interview and talk to a lot of people. We see a ton of students come through here, and, um, you know, so many overcome that mindset like of uh, people or or thoughts of not being able to accomplish it but you know showing up every day uh, looking to your right and left and knowing that people are going through the same struggles you are and that and hey you know we're going to get through this together is is huge I mean you're obviously family is a big thing for you there and um, your PC ends up becoming like a, a family here of encouragement um, have you seen any um, those opportunities of yourself or individuals in the PC encouraging others and you know to push through to not quit to keep going when they were down uh, yeah, actually, in the first the first couple of weeks when we were doing those vacations, you know, we had a lot of guys that were down at the bottom of the pole, just sitting there thinking like this this isn't for me. I can't do it. And you know, left you look to your left, you look to your right, and everyone's like, "Come on, get up! You can do it! Push yourself! You got this!" And you know, if we if we can do it, we all can do it together. And that that's something that's David told us from day one. You know, you're you do everything as a team. If one person's struggling. You all aren't going to climb until that guy is ready to climb and you're going to do it together. So, you know, we, like you said, you do, you build that family aspect in your PC. So 
that's one thing that I know all PCs have, but I feel like our PC has a really strong family relationship. All right, switching gears a little bit. I I heard this rumor that you're you're scared of birds. Yes, I am terrified of birds. Is that why you're shooting at them all the time? No, okay. it's not like birds like that, like just everyday birds, like, you know, that fly around. Like being in the Midwest, you know, you would think I'm not terrified of birds, but like we've had birds in our garage and like I'll open the door and I'll see them out there. I will not go outside. I will close the door and go get someone to get that bird out. There's got to be something. There's got to be a story behind that. Like maybe when you were a child, I don't know. I have no clue, but I'm terrified of like just everyday birds. So you get into a tree stand and you're stuck there and a birds are flying by that's not is that haunting you <laughs> no it's not <laughs> but like so like when i was mowing you know there's like these birds that fly in and out of the grass super fast and they'd fly in from the mower the one time one about smacked me in the face i just shut the mower off and left walked away i was like i cannot do this that is a that is a first <laughs> for sure very unique fear for sure oh that's great a any other um, fears that <laughs> <laughs> no that's you the only share? one <laughs> this podcast is brought to you by Elevated Gear Elevated Gear is the one stop shop for all things Lyman Country and Southeast Lyman Training Center from high quality shirts and hats to name brand sunglasses, tools and more Elevated Gear has everything you need stop by our store in Trenton, Georgia or shop online at elevatedgear.com So we are interviewing, let's see, students and um, current instructors. We've got a ton of instructors that have graduated from the program and come back, um, eight, eight or ten, I, I forget what the, where we are right now with, with them that have actually graduated from the program and come back and, and taught. So is that something down the road in your career you think that you would ever want to go into is the safety and the training aspect of the industry? I mean, maybe. I haven't really you know thought that far ahead, but... Uh, we were actually talking to New Shannon, that's what we call him, New, New Shannon, Shannon. Yeah. and uh, he said that if you ever get the chance to come back and do something like this later on in your career, you definitely should because he says that it's like the best decision he's ever he's ever made, you know, to be able to see us from, from day one to where we are now is something really cool to watch. And it never gets old. I mean, really, um, this is class 69, it never gets old, like the fact of because it, because we know, even though I'm not out there in the pole circle training anybody, I'm, I'm hearing the stories, I'm seeing individuals like yourself come in, get trained, go to work, love what you do, and have a success, successful career, and it just that just never gets never gets old. So I can understand, um, like from a teacher standpoint, like people pursue that they will go into teaching maybe one because they just love to share their information and their knowledge, but I think because it's the fact that they can see their impact uh, in the lives that they touch. And so, and that is, that's what we absolutely love about SLTC is just being able to, to watch individuals come in and be successful and love their career, the path that they've chosen. And so, but we also love having instructors come back and, and uh, take up the torch of training the next generation. So um, if you ever get that bug, yeah, absolutely. We're we'll be here with the position waiting for you. <laughs> yeah, especially right. with especially since you've got all of the the wisdom that, you know, 
we're looking for later in life, you've, you've kind of captured it all early. So what's next? You've got uh, week 11. You've got a few more weeks. What are you most looking forward to? You know, uh, you know this syllabus. You know what's out there. What, what are you looking for? Night training. I think that's going to that's gonna be fun. You know, getting out there at night. Not like, it's not going to be like, you know, like what you're going to, exp- it's going to be what you experience in the real world, but it's just going to be like, you know, on a scaled down version, kind of get you prepared for what you're going into, you know. And that, that's what we talk about almost every day in the pool circle, wh- what we're anticipating it's going to be like and what it's actually going to be like when we finally get to that night. So I'm excited for that night. So you met Robin at FFA. You went online, but you actually didn't know a prior student at SLTC, correct? Uh, I did know one from my hometown, okay. Kyle Toon. Something about Kyle is he actually was the Slim Award winner. Oh, wow. So, really? yeah. So he kind of he kind of like gave me a little bit of background on what I was getting myself into. So that was kind of nice to know. Yeah. Where's Kyle working right now? Uh, I think in Indiana, somewhere okay. in Indiana. Yeah. Man, so awesome. you knew about the slim, or is that what you're, you're gunning for it? No, I'm not gunning for it at all. I just thought, <laughs> I just thought, you know, being in a small town, a kid like that, you know, out of there's like 350 students a class. I thought that was pretty cool, you know. I mean, yeah, I am gunning for it, but like that's not like you know number one in my mind. Yeah. Yeah, that'd be cool. Hey, we still, we still, hey, you still could do it. You know, there's still time. So, um, yeah, we got some few few more weeks, and then um, you, but you're applying. Obviously, you're way ahead of the game from applying to jobs, and um, pretty confident you're going to get a lot of uh, follow up conversations, emails, texts, whatever, of employers looking for uh, looking forward to come to work for them. So that's exciting. Um, Do you like the traveling aspect of it? I mean, you look forward to to going on storm or to having those experiences. Yeah, I think that would be, that'd be cool, you know, to be able to say like, you know, I've, I've worked this storm, you know, I've gone here, done this. I think that'd be cool of the cool aspect of the job. I mean, it's great to have that, the work that you do in your hometown, but um, those stories never get old of hearing people talk about being on storm and, and, you know, getting power back on for people and, and watching their, um, you know, their gratitude come back to you know to the linemen out there linemen and line women um out there that have have gone through the the difficulty of being away from home working in the the harsh conditions and so forth and suddenly that's all like an afterthought when you see the gratitude of people so we're gonna turn the tables a little bit jillian do you have any thoughts or questions for us you want to ask um I don't really know. Uh, have you guys, like, you know, this is, like, your 69th class already. What What's the biggest change you've seen from, like, your first class to now? It's mm, a great question. The biggest change. I mean, gosh, putting me on the spot here. Well, technology has been a big thing, yeah. right? I mean, what we've seen from mailing in resumes to emails i mean email was still available but a lot of a lot of companies were still accepting it you know via snail mail or um so technology and online profiles for applying to companies and so forth um the power industry hasn't changed much just the way that um i I guess the way that you get into it because there weren't really line schools 20 years ago so to start to see them pop up in in other locations or at community colleges and so forth um big difference in, I think, in the way that the the crew 
uh, used to initiate and and um, kind of vet new people on the crew. I mean, we used to hear the stories of, you know, wrenches being thrown and stuff like that. To our knowledge, that's not happening the way it, it used to. Um, but it was, you know, once you got past that, you were you were a part of that crew, and that's, you know, nothing's going to break that bond. Um, I would also say, I mean, it's it's different too as as we get older and we and our students, you know, are still the same age. Uh, we see a little bit different mindset in in the way that the learning happens, right? Digital natives, you guys have always grown up with computers and grown up with cell phones and email addresses and so forth. So the approach to teaching has to change too. Um, all those are adaptations, and they're all good because they make us grow. Yeah, I would say I think too is that more people know about the trade. And so individuals like yourself that might, we might not have had, might not even have known this was a pathway um, that are choosing to come here. So even, even individuals with, um, you know, not just high school, but, you know, degrees that are choosing to come through, this is a better path. Like they're, they might have actually even invested in a four year school, but yet they see this as a, as a better future opportunity. I think that's one of the things too, it's just the, the industry awareness has been a big change and a big shift um, from, you know, 2000. Probably the biggest change of all is free climbing to climbing with yeah. your super squeeze. Um, you know, it's, I think it's kept a lot of people in the, in the industry that may not have stayed otherwise. Um, you know, we are primarily a climbing school, but you're getting bucket time and uh, you learn how to run the Digger Derricks and so forth. But I think that was probably the biggest transition that we've seen as an entire industry. I'll tell you one thing that hasn't changed, and that's the demand. Um, when we had small classes that were, I mean, they were 15, 20 students in a class, and that was it. And uh, where an employer would come in and say, hey, we'll hire everybody. And we pretty much can have the same thing. You know, companies coming in saying, I don't know how many w would be willing to apply to come to work for us, but we'll take you all. I mean, the demand for the for the line worker is is this as strong as it's ever been. And the need for them. Because every, I remember when we, it was always, hey, in the next five or 10 years, in the next five or 10 years, oh, in the next five or 10 years, you know, 40% of our line workers are going to retire. And we keep, it's the same, it's the same percentage. Like it never changes. It's like continuing to be a need. Um, so it's, um, it's a great time, a great opportunity to enter the trade. So we're going to love being a part of that. And telecommunications too, right? Yeah. We've got a telecommunications class. Uh, that's its own animal right now, right? People doing telecom work and, and, and having um, similar experiences, right? And their climbing experience, they're working on a bucket, their storm restoration and so forth. Well, Jillian, thank you so much for joining us. Thank it's you for having me, it was yeah, great. Yeah, it's great to get to know you and um, good luck for the remaining few weeks that you have. I'm excited for him to come and, you know, take that next step, get a job and see what next, what's gonna happen next. We'll be excited to shake your hand as you cross that stage at graduation possibly with the slim award <laughs> i don't know <laughs> all right we'll see what the future holds absolutely we're out
Thanks for listening to the Lyman Country Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode and would like to support us, please make sure to subscribe, share on social media, and leave a rating or review. Thanks again, and we'll see you next time.